Welcome to Soundbreaker. In today's episode, we're talking to Josh Simmons, who is a groundbreaker in the music industry. Thanks for joining us. For our listeners who might not be familiar with you, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what do you do before we dive into it? Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Bob. Um, so my yeah, pleasure. My name's Josh. Um, I've been working in the music industry my entire life. Um, I started, I suppose, probably what your listeners care about is where I started in music. So I actually was in film and TV a bit before that, but my music career really started um, with a band that I, I started in, in about 20, 2009 um, called Buchanan. And Buchanan uh -huh. had a really good run in Australia. We sort of, uh, we, we got off to such a great lucky start in so many ways, you know, doing festivals and playing with big bands and getting on the radio and doing TV and things like that. But then as soon as we went to try and replicate that success overseas, we kind of hit a, a few stumbling blocks and realized very quickly that it was all about the people or that lack thereof around you that can help make things happen. And um, that really inspired the Vampire idea, which is kind of what took me more into the tech world, but kept me very much rooted in the music industry, which is a platform for those who don't know that helps musicians and people in the music world connect and collaborate mm -hmm. all over the world. So. It was my frustrations after a, a successful run as the artist that sort of got me into the more business side of things. Uh, since then, we grew Vampa to be the biggest platform of its kind in the world. Um, and we ultimately sold it to a public company in Australia, which I now run. And that includes uh, lots of other music services, including Jaxter, which is a credits database, um, mm -hmm. a, meta a metadata sort of resource for the industry and an e-commerce platform called vinyl.com. And together we sort of formed this company called Vinyl Group. Great, I mean, we're gonna get into it. And that's part cool. of all, um, uh, what's the name? Um, uh, Song Trader, correct? Is well, it... Song Trader is our largest shareholder, but we are an independent mm -hmm. company for all intents and purposes. I see, I see, yeah. I see, great. Um, you know, if you could, uh, you know, before I want to ask you to go back in time and how this whole thing, the love for music started. I mean, you said started with the band in 2009, but did it start in your childhood? If you can take us back, we'll be fantastic. Just to kind of let our listeners and viewers to see, hey, you know, yes, if you have a dream, if you have passion for something, you stick to it long enough, it will happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's in my family's blood. My My granddad started was an original partner, sorry, in a, in a publishing company called Leeds, um, uh -huh. which was bought subsequently by MCA and then Universal Pictures, and, and now it's Universal Music Publishing Group. So, And he stayed on as chairman of that company until the day he died. Um, so it's been in our family's blood, and then my, my father was a publisher too, and, and he helped people like Paul McCartney put together their private publishing consortiums and things like that later in their career. Um, mm -hmm. So, and my mum worked at Warner. So it, it's just the whole, the whole life has been sort of very much surrounded in and being fed, yeah. fed with all the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, publishing is one of the hardest things to learn. And you started with publishing through your yeah. granddaddy, you said. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, made, yeah. it made the major labels and publishers really hate me when I first went out as an artist because I knew too much. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, you know, uh, I, I have to start by saying, you know, congratulations, first of all, on being recognized 
uh, in the TMN 30 Under 30 Music Industry Awards. Can you tell us more about this achievement and its significance uh, in your career and journey? It probably looks a bit rigged now because we just bought TMN about a month ago. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, I, I, that, that was awarded four years ago, I think, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that was just recognition. But that's still a great accomplishment, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm above thirty now, so I I'm no longer eligible for any other thirty under thirty awards. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take the ones that I got. Um, but uh, yeah, that was just I suppose recognition from industry peers, um, mainly in yeah. Australia, that uh, you know what I was doing was making some you know was making waves and and having an impact to the to the mm. industry and. Um, that was a real, real honor. That also happened during that first round of lockdowns and during COVID. So it was, um, it was a nice little break from the, the, the chaos and all that scary stuff at the time. Yes. So you acquired TMN about a month ago, you said? Yeah. It's part of a, a company called the Bragg Media, which owns Rolling Stone Australia or the licensed Rolling Stone Australia, Variety Australia, and then a variety yeah. of other other mastheads like Tone Deaf, um, Music Network, um, and so on and so forth. There's about 20 different titles there. Wow. So you guys have multiple, should I say, um, uh, sectors in the music industry that evolves, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting. We're, we're trying to cover all bases. We, you know, we, we talk a lot about a company that, that connects the dots from fans to industry professionals to creators and, and, and how can we service each each of those pockets. Um, and we, I think the vision is hopefully becoming more obvious to folks as we make various moves. Um, but the, the, the goal is to ultimately create so the whole thing makes... is to unite all of these bases by covering all the bases, unite all of these uh, avenues, all these sectors together uh, for the artists, obviously, to make things easier for artists. And... Well, no, to, to make it easier for all stakeholders. So stakeholders can be yeah. fans, stakeholders can be rights owners, um, anyone who sort of enjoys music and, and benefits from the music ecosystem is yeah. a stakeholder in our eyes. Wow, great, great. Um, as the co-founder and CEO of Vamper, am I pronouncing it right? I don't want to say vampire without <laughs> Vamper. Great. Uh, a platform with 1.3 million global users, uh, social network. What inspired you to create a platform that connects musicians and creators globally? Yeah, I think I touched on it at the start. It was um, yes. born, born out of frustration, for sure. Uh, we really did struggle when trying to replicate what was a successful project in one market to find a team in a different market. And when I looked around at technology at the time, I was thinking, well, you know, damn, it's so easy to build a fan base. It's easy to, you know, make music. It's even easy to distribute it and potentially find a publisher online. It's all possible through technology, but it wasn't easy to build a network. So if you didn't yes. know the right radio plugger you didn't know the right managers you didn't know the right um you know just folks that could help propel you in any given region your alternative was to sit around in expensive cities like london los angeles new york berlin melbourne sydney and 
you know, network in person for years. And it just felt like a pretty outdated model when technology had solved so many other problems. So mm-hmm. that was the inspiration for, for Barry and I to go out and build Bamper. Fantastic. Isn't it ironic how some of the greatest ideas uh, born out of, or successful ideas out there, born out of, you know, frustration because 100%. there isn't anything kind of to help or to kind of replace that. And you're like, hey, why don't we do that? Why yeah. don't we be the one who's going to break the barrier to make this happen? 100%. Yes. Um, with Vampir's recent acquisition by Jaxta, uh, how do you see Vampir and Jaxta uh, coming together to impact the music industry? And what exciting development uh, can we anticipate? Well, Jaxta and Vampir tried to solve the same issue, which is how do we kind of connect the dots between yeah. the professionals. And Jaxta took a metadata approach and Vampa uh-huh. took a Vampa took a social media approach. And I think what J- what Vampa probably lacked, uh, Jaxta had and vice versa, what Jaxta lacked, Vampa had. So there was yeah. very obvious product synergies, which is why why the acquisition happened, you know, to simplify it. Um, so that, that we've already started integrating the two products. You can already access credits on VAMP and now you can add your Jaxta metadata to your VAMP profile. And that integration will just become clearer and clearer as time goes on. Um, it's totally conceivable over time that the two will become, you know, one in some way. So that's kind of what we're working towards. That, that takes that, that's a, what we call a product journey and it takes some time and you don't want to yeah. alienate. You don't want to alienate customers and um so that's a real it's it's also a brand journey too to make sense of of those two things so i think ultimately though the music industry will benefit from a combined product and that's what i'm passionate about building i mean as you know um metadata is crucial and it's been ignored for years in the music industry and it created a lot of problems that became a bigger issue so you guys tapping in on that and, and contributing to it is a is a major step. Yeah, and someone had to do it. Turns out it, yeah. it, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, great. Um, you've taken the helm as a CEO, uh, you know, of Jaxta, which you recently rebranded to Vinyl Group or as Vinyl Group. Uh, the company is also home of Vinyl.com, which uh, launched. Uh, as an online uh, record marketplace in 2023, can you start? Can you share your vision uh, for the company's future and how Vinyl.com fits into the uh, this roadmap? Yeah, that was kind of our response to the fan part of that ecosystem that I was talking about before. So, mm-hmm. um, metadata can do a lot of things on the industry side. It can help, obviously, folks get paid, but what use does metadata have for the, fan, for the fan experience? And mm-hmm. if you think about records or CDs in the you know 60s to the 90s, it, fans got a lot of use out of sort of looking at liner notes, opening up booklets, seeing who contributed to what, and often would inspire them to go out and hunt for work from people. You know, like let's say they yeah. saw a producer time and time again. So I want to see more stuff from that producer. So we thought, how can metadata power a fan experience and a, and a store and, and that's really how vinyl.com was born and um, mm-hmm. so that, that's really if we get it right that's our gift to music fans and, and and it's also evolving like the other products 
And over time, we'd like to expand beyond selling vinyl records to include all kinds of collectibles, physical, digital, or otherwise. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's a work in progress, but it, it's off to a very strong start. Um, sales really good. Uh, we're really happy with where it's going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to touch on something that you involved with heavily in the rapidly evolving uh, music tech landscape. What trends and innovations do you believe will shape the industry's future? And how will uh, and how is Vinyl Group uh, positioned to lead in that in this space? There's a lot of um, there's a lot of M and A happening at the moment in music tech. Um, uh -huh. Technology in general has had a really challenging couple of years, especially early yes. stage companies that require consistent investment and um, aren't very liquid, uh, which means that investors can't get their money out easily. And, and when times are tough, investors need access to liquidity. And so what's happening at the moment is um, a lot of technology companies in general, but also, you know, music tech is suffers from this too, is companies are, are closing down prematurely or, um, you know, they've run out of cash effectively. And so there's a lot of, a lot of companies and talent out there at the moment, ripe for a group that has the resources and the and the pock the deeper pockets perhaps to um to, to snap them up and integrate them into something bigger the funny thing mm -hmm. is i i think there's nothing funny about that but the funny thing is i don't i, I still predicted that this decade would have seen a lot of m a in the music tech space anyway because quite a few sectors whether it's you know self-service distribution platforms um self-service publishing platforms, mastering tools, sample tools. There's so many of these things out there now, and it's all a bit of a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. And mm -hmm. I think the, custom, the customer experience can suffer as a result. And so to me, just instinctively, M&A uh, for the indie market was always going to be big this decade, and it's just panning out that way. Um, we're sort of almost halfway through it now, and a lot of it's already taken place, and we've been a part of that narrative, and I think we'll continue to be. You know, just your opinion on something that, you know, as we're talking, how is all of this going to evolve the future of uh, for independent artist distribution? You know, because all of this, you know, paves the way for something new and different than what are we going through and experiencing. Your opinion on this or your when vision, you, look, you know. When you look at um, independent... Yeah. When, when you look at recorded music and the share of, of independence, you know, yes. as part of that pie, it's just growing every year. And, yes, and the, the, major, the major share of the pie is shrinking. So, you know, what comes out of this, I, I, I don't know. But um, what I do know is that the independent side of the ecosystem is becoming a force upon itself and that's i'm i'm really excited about that because i'm my i made a living out of you know being an independent artist and supporting independent artists that's what i'm all about um and i also believe in the um you know power of people and you know and, and on mass and what can be accomplished when a, a, a large enough volume of people are all sort of working towards one thing and so i find it all so is that mean Yes. Does that mean social media platform will be and confirm to be 
the leading DSPs of the near future? Well, I, d I don't know that the major social platforms that we know and love today will necessarily yeah. fit. I don't know that they'll fit that role. They TikTok, might role. Reels, and all of that, you know, Instagram and Instagram Reels, you know, Facebook I, I and all of this. Yeah, I read a lot matter. of I read a lot of discussion about those platforms, yeah, fulfilling that role. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure that they can from a quality standpoint. I think you need niche networks, and that's sort of why Vamper was created and, and why it's a part of our yeah. group, frankly. But I think they'll play a role in terms of volume. I don't think they'll play necessarily a role in discovery of quality. Um, they, mm -hmm. will, they will in some cases. Of course, new stars are discovered on those platforms all the time. But they often those new stars don't have staying power, partially because they were discovered on a generic social network. So I think we'll know the answer when it happens, right? And it's going to be an evolving thing. I know that's a bit vague, but it's very hard to to predict how this all ultimately shakes Would out. Would it be maybe uh, something like, you know, in film and TV, if you have a movie on Hulu, on Netflix, or Amazon? You cannot find it anywhere else. It's exclusively to them. Would it be the future of the music like this? If you want a certain artist, that you'll find them only, let's say, on Spotify. Or this artist only available. Is that like will be set that way instead of having one song available everywhere? If you know what I mean. Yeah. The funny thing is in the film and TV space, those deals yeah. are made. Yeah, those deals are made so that the companies investing in the artists can recoup right? Or in, in yeah. the films, in the project. Music's often the other way around. You've got artists going, I'm going to make my music available only on Bandcamp because mm. I get a better margin over there and I make more money than I do on Spotify. So mm -hmm. artists are a little bit different than film and TV because artists are all their own small business. Like every artist is a small business, whereas um, Correct. every film project is its own business. It's a little bit different. And I think artists have a bit more control than they realize in terms of deciding where they place their music as opposed to the other way around. What that could also Well, independent like, artists, not the major label artists. No, yes. no, no, no. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What I, I think might you might start to see is major artists start to use independent tools when they realize I can, you know, stop giving away 50% or 70% of my royalties and keep 90% and I've already got an audience, so I don't need to... I don't need the major labels bank anymore to build my audience and I don't need the marketing dollars because I achieve all of that on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see not a, not a mass exodus, but an exodus of some, you know, meaningful size of, of established artists onto independent platforms. I think that's possible. Um, Interesting. Yeah. To handle their own distribution and their own destiny. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I guess we owe that big thank you to technology made this happen because of technology yeah. and, and how it evolved and reshaped the whole music industry. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know the music industry is known for its setbacks and challenges. Uh, can you share a difficult moment you faced in your career and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think um, I probably touched on it a little earlier. I think knowing a little bit too much about the industry and being you, a little you bit, mentioned that yes <laughs> yeah and being a bit probably um too well, i don't actually I, I never think there's a problem with being too ambitious but i had i had very high hopes as a young artist and um 
and I think probably the challenges that I had was not appreciating how small the industry was and that if you burn a couple of bridges very early on, it, it, that can follow you around like a shadow for a long, long time. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think some of my challenges were ultimately lessons learned um, to be kind to myself. But um, that, yeah. that's, that, that's what I would say. I mean, the other... The other very practical challenge is my, my band broke at a time when CDs still mattered. And then by the time we got to our second album, all that mattered was streaming. And so I put together an amazing team who were specialists in getting CDs in the shelves at CD stores and, and how to move units. And that team, as much as I loved them as humans, and they're still some of my best friends to this day, they didn't have any of the skill sets required in a rapidly evolving Industry, thanks once again to technology. I shouldn't say thanks to it actually really hurt my second album. But um, one thing that music um, has always had to contend with is technology. Yeah. And sometimes it's been a fractious relationship, but it's kind of funny that the two aren't in harmony because any discussion about the history of music has to include a discussion about the history of technology, whether it's the recording process itself, the delivery mechanisms, from a fan perspective, how they listened to it. Was it a gramophone? Was it a mono setup? Was it sure. a stereo setup? You know, was it a tape? Was it a vinyl? And so on and so forth. I mean, and then even through the streaming and pre-streaming with Napster and file sharing and stuff like that. So technology has gone hand in hand with the evolution of music itself. That you, I don't think you can talk about one without talking about the other. Uh, absolutely absolutely correct you wanted a few people kind of i had on the show and they actually say that yes yes and i would say it's the new embrace ai ai is the new thing now you know you cannot just say music tech you gotta say music tech ai that's the whole yeah yeah i mean we're, yes we're we're invest we've actually got a whole week next week where everyone's like it's a bit of an ai week i, I won't go into too much detail but we're looking at different oh. ways to focus on across our all of the companies that we own how can we use mm -hmm. ai to increase productivity improve customer outcomes um and again i can't go into too much detail but it's okay. something it's something that i'm very proud of and um for me the watching the sort of advent of generative ai has been the most exciting development possibly of of my lifetime. I, I, mm -hmm. I can't think of another technology aside from maybe the smartphone that will fundamentally change everyday life for so many people. Amazing. Great to hear. Great statement. You know, this is great statement. Absolutely. Um, not to go back for a second, just to get clear. Uh, so song trader, only a major shareholder in the company, an investor yeah. shareholder, yeah. not an owner. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, well, you I mean, run the whole the show. All, yeah, all shareholders are owners. Um, to be fair, yeah. shareholders. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there listen, Paul. I love Paul. Paul is a great guy. Really great. I, you know, good relationship with Paul. Yeah. And uh, you know, I know how he envisioned things, and he sees when he gets involved, and you know, and as you see all the uh, bases that he's covering. Yeah. In the industry. Yeah. 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 I, love, I love Paul. I, I I work with Paul on a basically daily basis at this point um yes uh and you know we sometimes a lot of it's just a friendship at this point but we'll bounce ideas yes. with each other and 
Yes. And I like. I mean, for our listeners, we're it. talking about Paul Wilshire's because we just mentioned Paul, who is the owner and co-founder of Song Trader. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, Yes, absolutely. Uh, in your opinion, what are some of the common uh, misconceptions people have about the music industry? Um, that it's glamorous, that it's sexy, <laughs> um, that, you know, it would solve all of your problems. And no, I think, you know, obviously so many kids leave school and go, I want to play in a band. And that's happened forever. That's literally happened. Yes. Well, not, it's happened for the last 70 odd years. And that's a great thing because I think joining bands and being a bit silly after 12 years of school is probably a rite of passage. Um, but not everyone should be in the industry, just like not everyone should, um, you know, go into certain professions. Um, so, you know, uh, without getting political, but, um, it's okay. so, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So music's like a bit the same. I think, um, it's a very tough industry. Uh, and it is small. And like I said before, if you burn bridges, it can really make life pretty tricky for you. So it's, um, it's just, it's a bit of a minefield and you've got to learn how to navigate your way around that minefield and then try and make a living while navigating the minefield. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. one business. I tell you, you cannot, you better be careful burning any bridges because you never know. You never know where you, you someone work, is. You end up working for the guy that you pissed off 10 years ago. <laughs> or you want to open an account with him and he's the main, yeah. the main you know, the, the big honcho or the senior person in that uh, company. Absolutely. Uh, as you know, collaboration is often a key element in the music industry or in the music world. Um, could you share a memorable collaboration story or someone you work with who left an impact on you? Yeah, I, when I first moved to LA, I got to work at um, Kanye West studio for a while. Um, uh -huh. And he didn't personally go in very often at all, but because um, he had several of them. But uh, it was part of his good music label, which I'm sure a lot of folks remember. And I got to witness firsthand what so many of us have read about and pieces about him, but watching all of these incredibly in their own right, talented individuals placed in one building, going in treating it like a day job and just pumping out music day in, day out, day in, day out. And I got to be part of one of those big release cycles that, and it was a lot of fun and it was a long time in the making. Um, and that to me, the, the biggest lesson I actually took from that was watching what I now call uh, horizontal networking. And that's this idea that a lot of these guys had known each other for 15, 20 years before they were famous. And mm -hmm. as, as, as some of their careers sort of rose and, and got bigger and bigger, a lot of these other folks were dragged along. And that's a good thing. Like that, that's what we should be investing in when we invest in relationships and in people. We should be investing in people that will drag you along if they have a win and vice versa. If you have a win, you should drag along. And, and so you create yes. these fruits. And Correct. I watched that. I watched that with my own eyes and I, it really probably changed how I viewed the world a little bit and how I viewed um, priorities. Cause I think before then I did, I made a mistake. A lot of people do, which is, how can I get in touch with the most famous person in my Rolodex and then ask them to introduce yes. me to them? And it doesn't work it, it, because the person that you're trying to get in touch with has no value 
from you, right? At least initially, you and you probably have nothing to offer to them of value. Yes. And so it's a really inefficient way of wasting your time. And time's like the most important asset that we have. So I just, that was just a very profound and impactful collaboration thing to be a, a part of, but also witness and just sit back and watch in awe and go, this is cool. You know, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, having this relationship and everything's based on relationships and these people will drag you along with them, obviously to the pot, to more positive, you know, errors and, and heights and, um, standards. Uh, they always say it's the journey or the destination or the company. It's the company, yeah. obviously always yeah, the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, in your line of work, how do you stay, uh, updated? with the latest trends, uh, innovations or changes in the music industry and how important it is to continue to learn. So it's 7.30 a.m. here in, in Melbourne, which is meant to be summer, but it, it looks more like winter outside just looking out the window. Um, yeah. But before I joined you, I must yes. have gotten up an hour and a half before then and I did what I do every day, which is read all the industry trades, all the papers, um all the newsletters that you, that come through and and I don't read every article but I'll skim enough to know what's going on on any given day and I used to wonder if that was a waste of time but I actually think it's fundamental to the job I need to know what's yes. going on in the industry I need to know why um and I need to assimilate that with my own intuition and that's what makes me a good leader Fantastic. This is great to hear and great for our listeners. Very inspiring, I would say. Uh, so you have your your knowledge buffet for your mind. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Kudos to you, my friend. You know, Thank you. Um, a lot of young and old and all type of people are going to be listening to our podcast and show, and they're going to be inspired by you and listening to how you started and your motivation, waking up early, feeding your mind, learning, never stop learning, being innovative and all of that. Um, when they inspired, some of them say, hey, you know, I want to take the same path. And what advice you have for some of the people who started out in the business to kind of make their own path, who want to carve their own way in the music industry in maybe not exactly the same thing, but in our industry? Any yeah, advice, it, any tips, especially there's a lot of gatekeeping in our business. Yeah, there is. And, um, but I also wouldn't lose sleep over that because it's a can't control the things you can't control. What I would say yes. is try and identify the value, your own value that, that you have to offer the industry, whether it's, it might be as a songwriter, it might be on the administrative side, it might be like in the industry, whatever it is. I think it, it starts with identifying, oh, I'm pretty good at this one thing. And then here's the hack to, to success, whatever that means. But for most people, you know, it means being able to make a living from doing the thing I love, right? Um, the yes. hack is very straightforward. Here it goes. It's time and game. That's all it is. If you, just, if you find that you're good at being a publisher, for example, um, and you stick at it long enough, eventually you'll be running one of the big publishing companies. If you find that it's management and you're signing bands or acts constantly, lightning will eventually strike if you're persistent. So the key is very simple. It's just keep at it day in, day out, and you will make it because 
eventually you'll be a leader in the field. You'll, you know, time in game counts for way more than people give it credit. I think. Hmm. And so also keep showing up. Keep, keep showing, showing up. up. That's it. Just just show up because a lot of people, ninety nine percent of people, will drop out when it gets too hard, and they'll pivot and they'll go and pursue a different career. And, and that's. I don't know how or why I knew that at a, such a young age, but I just instinctively understood that to win would just be to show up and and, and never give up. That's why you got that award. Yeah, yeah. That's and, why and, you got that award. It wasn't yeah. for nothing. It wasn't yeah, for nothing. That's right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I've been showing up. I've been showing up seven days a week. You know, three hundred sixty-five yes. days of the year since I was seventeen years old and dropped out of school. Those are valuable insights. Very valuable. And and I'm sure our listeners are gonna find them extremely incredible and helpful. And in you know, before we wrap up, anything you want to promote, you want to talk about. I know you mentioned you guys working on some new AI stuff and other things. Any new acquisitions, whatever you want to promote, please uh, indulge yeah. us with all the stuff that you guys uh, on the works, so our listeners could go and check it out. You know. Yeah, look, as far as acquisitions go, like I said, we just we just closed on a – or a closing, but we have announced um, a very large one in the Bragg Media and all of its mastheads, and, and that is very exciting. And, you know, these are brands that people probably already know, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. Rolling Stone, Variety, and so that's very cool. Um, and so we definitely, you know, I'd say to listeners, stay tuned for – how we integrate that with our other properties and brands um it'll be an interesting couple of years and that's definitely going to take a couple of years to fully realize um so that's cool and that's exciting and like i said we'll, we'll be on the lookout for other things and opportunities too but yeah i mean vinyl group is is a pretty new concept and brand but it's uh it comes from a, a legacy of you know high quality products that have come together uh to serve the music industry and so you know we're, we're here to support the industry and we hope that the industry gives us, you know, some love back. Well, I have to say your investors must be extremely proud of you because they believe in your vision because you acquiring, it means that means it needs spending money. So a lot of investors, mostly, I mean, we know one of them, but there's others you would like to mention or that's up in the, you know, kind uh, of... We've been quite vocal about one, one very supportive investor, a guy called Richard White, who also um, Richard invested, White invested in Song Trader too. But um, he yeah. he's a you know, tech billionaire in Australia. Um, he started out as the guitar repairman for ACDC and, and the Angels, mm -hmm. and uh, so he's always just had a, a profound love of music and technology. And so Great. he's a he's a real champion of music tech entrepreneurs and um he's you know a big part of why i'm still in the job that i'm in you know he's been a big backer of myself and paul separately um yes. but uh yeah he's a notable shareholder our, our share registry is um pretty tightly held at this point which means that there's a lot of uh well there's not actually so many investors because there's a lot of people holding on to shares very tightly and they won't they won't yes. let them go <laughs> um and that's because we've been on a on a fast moving train certainly for the last sort of six months since I came in and started changing things up a little bit. So are you saying that we should get Richard White on the show? He's a, a big supporter of uh, the music tech industry and a fan of a lot of the young entrepreneurs who are really pursuing and taking the music industry to a new heights. I think you should try. 
<laughs> definitely, definitely. We need to get Richard White. <laughs> we put that message out to the universe, Richard White. If you hear, if you hear us. <laughs> Um, I well, I mean, this is a great show. I really, all great things had to come to an end, but unfortunately, really, I'm enjoying this uh, interview extremely. Uh, well, firstly, thank you for joining us today. And this concludes today's episode of Soundbreaker. Uh, please make sure to follow us on social and stay tuned to a new episode. And see you and thank you very much. Thanks, Bob. My pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share the Soundbreaker podcast. And if you are joining us on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time.